If you're looking for a podcast to save you money on home and auto insurance... Oh my gosh, tell me where to find that podcast. Uh, I don't know, because this isn't it. No, it's not. But this is comedy... Tragedy... Marriage! Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, the podcast where a couple that's been married just over 35 years takes turns each week selecting a movie, TV show, documentary, whatever to watch. We watch it together and then we discuss it for you. Hey. We've watched it so you don't have to. At least that's the way it goes sometimes. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. You can see my latest review of the documentary The Alpinist. Uh, at that site. You can follow me on Twitter at Movie Man Stan. You can follow the podcast at CT Marriage. You can contact us via email, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message simply by clicking the link in the description of this episode. I love the way you say Twitter. Twitter? Twitter. Do you not? You say you love the way I say Twitter, but you're giggling. I am giggling. I, I, I kind because of, it's fun. I doubt the sincerity. Twitter of you saying you love it. Twitter. Oh, you know what the their bird logo? His name is Larry. Really, Larry Bird. Oh God! Really? <laughs> yeah, I, heard I that today. can't believe I didn't see that come in. Wah, wah, wah. Well, I didn't know about it either until this morning. Jeez, anyway, okay. Uh, joining me as always, the voice that you love to hear that makes the words, the the vibrations of the air traveling into your ear canal. Oh, good lord! Sound like the voices of angels. My other half. You are so full of crap. Thank you. I mean, it works in my favor, so I'm fine with it. I wouldn't argue with me. Um, I am, uh, this week, I am Maud the Injured Necky Broad. Injured Necky Broad. Yeah, my neck is injured because whiplash. Gotcha. <laughs> what? You didn't see that coming? I, I thought it'd be something about drumsticks or Larry cymbals. Bird. Or, well, I didn't see that one coming either until somebody told me. Anyway. Oh, we are so falling We're, off our game. We are a little punchy tonight for some reason. Well I, well, I had a really good afternoon. I had lunch with a longtime friend of mine, and then because we were at the Barrel de la Cracker, mm-hmm. um, and because we weren't finished talking after our lunch was over, we sat on the porches and um, just rocked back and forth in the rocking chairs and talked for about another hour or well, so. That was good. And I've had carbs, so... <laughs> And you've got leftovers in the fridge. I do. I'm so excited. Uh, So, you've already told us, but please, in more detail, tell us what it is we watched for this episode. We watched for this episode the 2014 release called Whiplash. This was, a, in part, a Blumhouse joint. Yes. Um... It, according to the Wikipedia page, it is classified as a psychological drama, <laughs> boy howdy, um, written and directed by Damien Chazelle and starring Miles Teller as the um, 19-year-old drum wonderkind of sorts. Um, oh, God, what was his name? Andrew? Andrew, yes. 
Andrew Neiman. I'm, I'm, I'm carbed up. I've got the carb sweats and the carb stupids. Um, Miles Teller as Andrew Neiman. Also, J.K. Simmons in a um, disturbingly riveting performance as um, jazz conductor slash instructor slash musician. Um, Terrence Fletcher. Terrence Fletcher. Thank you, derp. That's fine. Uh, you know um, how much trouble I have with names on this thing. Paul Reiser in a small but solid performance as Andrew Neiman's dad. Mm -hmm. And Melissa Benoist. Benoist. Benoist as, uh, in a small role as um, Andrew's potential love interest yes. for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, this story takes place at the fictional Schaefer Conservatory of Music, um, but it's obviously loosely based on Juilliard. Um, this film, again, a, a 2014 release, we were watching that year's Academy Awards mm -hmm. when J.K. Simmons won for Best Supporting Actor, mm -hmm. and um, having become familiar with his work, um, mostly through the closer. Yes. Uh, but he also was in early episodes of Law and Order SVU as um, psychologist, therapist um, Emil Skoda. Mm -hmm. um, that name you remember. That name I remember. <laughs> I am. Had yeah, a longer history with I'm, Emil Skoda. I, I guess. I don't know. Um, he also played J. Jonah Jameson in the first trilogy of Spider Man movies. And. He is playing him again in um, the current batch of Spider-Man movies. Well, cool. I'm glad to see he's, you know, keeping a gig. He was also Commissioner Gordon in um, Justice League. Okay. So, he's played both sides of the street. Yeah, he's very... Um, he has been the epitome of a working actor. I mean, oh, yeah. he has He has stayed very busy. Mm -hmm. He is not... Um, conventionally leading man handsome. He's had a shaved head for as long as I can remember. Um, he has an interesting face, but a very expressive face. And as we learn in this particular movie, quite a colorful vocabulary. Well, or at least his character did. Yeah. Now, I have to believe that some of these long strings of Blue Street curses mm -hmm. had to be improvised because I can't think of a scriptwriter who would put those combinations of words together. Yeah. Um, it just, this, this film is brutal. Um, Andrew Neiman is a 19-year-old first-year student of jazz. He's a drummer, percussionist, at the fictional Schaefer Conservatory of Music. And, and all he's ever wanted is to be a great drummer. Jazz and drums are this kid's life. And um, so he, he, he gets into Schaefer, he goes there, he, we see him first playing in like a lower tier um, jazz ensemble, and he is practicing by himself in a practice room, and really quite the gifted percussionist from what we can see on his, you know, his jazz drum kit. Um, we don't, we, that's all we see him play. We don't see marimbas or any mallet instruments like that. It's just the drum kit. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's clearly got a lot of talent. Um, in comes Terrence Fletcher 
and um, the beginning of this relationship is a tense and auspicious beginning. Um, Fletcher decides that he wants to monkey with Andrew a little bit, invites him to um, a 6 a.m. practice session, tells him not to be late, um, it, it, Andrew wakes up at 6.03 and busts his caboose getting to the practice place and nobody's there and he sits and waits for three hours until the rest of the um, the elite um, jazz band shows up mm-hmm. with Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this movie's brutal. Oh yeah. That's why I didn't want to watch it. Yeah, I watched it like last week mm-hmm. before you watched it and I'm like dude Stan's got to see this and Stan's got to Stan's got to give me his feedback as to whether this thing's as brilliant as I think it is or not because I trust your opinion well that's your loss but um, <laughs> I, I I knew this was a good movie I had never seen it before um, I wanted J.K. Simmons to win um, the Oscar for it and then Patrick, um, Neil Patrick Harris, after the commercial break, says he, he won, won an Oscar, Oscar. Bum, 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 because, because he, he's also the, the yes. insurance pitch spokes guy. Yeah. So, but the only thing I had seen of the film were in the previews where um, Fletcher is in Andrew's face. Berating screaming him. Screaming at him. Treating him... Like a punching bag, not physically, but emotionally. And I just, I I don't need that. I didn't know how much of that there was. Didn't realize the majority of it occurs in front of people. Mm. Um, So, but, and here's the thing. When Fletcher first comes into the band room where everybody's set up and getting ready mm-hmm. nobody looks at him oh no they're all, all looking of, down at the floor all of all of the band members are looking down they nobody meets eyes with him because they know that is he's gonna hone in on you and and treat you bad that's an invitation for abuse and he's uh and he quickly because he hears a horn out of tune starts going section by section and figures out it's the trombones and he picks on this one kid who clearly is desperately afraid of him um he asks him are you out of tune and the boy says i don't know and fletcher throws him out of the band and he tells the band after the kids left um he wasn't out of tune. It was this guy. But not knowing is worse. It's worse, yeah. So he he uses each member of the band as, I guess, my, my guess would be a way to build himself up. He is insecure. Yeah. And he uses his authority over the band members to beat them up so that he feels better about himself. That's my theory. We never actually see that. 
but that's my theory. Well, and that's a sound theory. In addition, we also see him, what looks to me like in places, um, pitting them, pitting, pitting band members against each other. Well, he certainly does that with the three drummers. He does it to- totally with the drummers. Um, he's, he's verbally abusive. Mm-hmm. We actually see him physically abusive because at one point, Andrew is like he's trying to get Andrew to play according to his tempo, which it sounds like he is playing of according he to is. his tempo. It doesn't matter what tempo he plays at, it's wrong. But eventually he starts slapping count, counting off and smacking his face and he's like, Okay, Neiman, am I rushing or am I dragging? And um eventually Neiman says, You're rushing. He's like, Well then you know the difference, don't you? And blurts out a whole blue streak and yeah. um and he said, I mean, just walking in the room, he calls them you horrible, know, names. horrible names, MFers, and CSers. Uh, yeah, CSers. Um, <laughs> and if you don't know what we're what we mean, good. Yeah. But um, go ask your parents. But um, yeah, he he is, and it doesn't matter how well they do; they are constantly under threat of being thrown out of the band. Uh, if they do not perform up to his impossible standard. Mm-hmm. And if you get thrown out, your career's done for before it's even started. At least that's what he says. Yes, that is what he says. Um, now, it doesn't, <laughs> uh, it doesn't help that Andrew physically attacks him. Of course, I'm pretty sure after the car accident he had, he had a concussion, so he probably wasn't himself. Okay, we need to... I know. Yeah, yeah. we need to back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the dynamic of the desire and the pursuit for perfection in this film reminds me a lot of that which was um, portrayed in Black Swan. Mm-hmm. She lost her mind mm-hmm. trying to be perfect. Um, Andrew has the same sort of thing happen. He kind of loses his mind in the pursuit of perfection, mm-hmm. of excellence, and the desire to try to win this abusive bastard teacher over. Yeah. He wants him, he wants to please him so badly, and it is so apparent um, from, from the get-go, from their first encounter. And um, Instructor Fletcher sees it. Mm-hmm. He has the ability to um, to see the runt of the litter no matter how talented they are. Mm-hmm. He can see where the insecurities are and he'll pick at those sores until they bleed. Well, and you know, Andrew makes the mistake of telling him that there are no musicians in his family. That his father is a writer and that really means he teaches writing at a high school mm-hmm. um, and that his mother left when he was a baby. So he uses all of that information mm-hmm. against him to beat him down, beat him down, beat him down. And, you know, with, with people like this, there's a, um, there, it's a Jekyll and Hyde, mostly Hyde. Mm-hmm. Um, because at first, He's talking to him, you know, sort of supportively. Mm-hmm. Um, Reeling him in. And getting this information out of him. And 
then the beratement begins almost instantly and it and it could have been anybody i mean he is going his target is whoever he happens to have in front of him well yes but i think particularly once andrew joins the band i don't know if he sees some sort of possible you know spark of genius in the boy and he wants to try to beat him down to un so he'll unlearn everything so that he can then build him back up into what he considers to be a better musician or if he is just feeding his ego i think it's both um first of all about the the part of the movie where andrew attacks him mm -hmm. okay it is the day of a major competition, and of course all of the guys in the band have been threatened with bodily harm and ridicule and humiliation if they're late to this competition. And so, the competition is two hours away. So, of course, Andrew is riding a bus, and the bus gets a flat tire, and so he has to eventually rent a car, and then he leaves his sticks in the car. Rental place. In the in the car rental place, and has to go back. Um, long story short is he is, he's driving to this competition, and he gets T-boned by a big truck. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. The first time I saw this, the first time I watched this, it was like one of those heart jumps up into your throat moments. And the second time was almost as as much that, even though I knew it was coming. Right. Because the camera is inside the car looking at Andrew and through, through the, his uh, uh, driver's, through the driver's side, window. side window. And it's one of those things where it, you know they don't set up that an accident is coming like they would have in the old days they just it just happens it's, it's one it's, of the surprise gotcha car crashes it's violent yes it is and he breaks uh the ring finger on one hand yeah he's he's bleeding he's very very badly injured mm -hmm. and he is so crazy he like runs the rest of the way to the he's almost there he runs the rest of the way to the competition he's late covered in broken glass covered in bro broken glass blood on his face blood on his sh on his clothing um he's a mess mm -hmm. and um but still starts st starts the competition um doesn't is, is not able to continue to play yeah he can't hold with the broken uh ring finger on his left hand he can't he can't hold that stick hold the stick and he drops it and then he manages to you know keep some sort of beat with the right hand while he's and his pedal stretching to pick up the, the drop stick. stick and then he picks it up and he starts again but he just can't he just can't he's losing blood he's again probably concussed he's mm -hmm. got a busted finger he's he's a mess so um fletcher stops the band starts to apologize um on behalf of schaefer conservatory and andrew just practically flies across that stage and launches on to fletcher mm. and is like trying to pummel him 
um, it's it was really kind of a glorious moment, actually. It was. I wish they'd <laughs> left him alone for a while, because as much as I love J.K. Simmons and pretty much everything I've ever seen him in, uh, I wanted this person to get their comeuppance. Oh, my gosh. I wanted yes. Fletcher to hurt and bleed. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted... I wanted his nose broken. <laughs> yeah. I I just it's it's a um it, it it's no wonder he won the Oscar for yeah, this. Yeah. His character is so despisable. Mm-hmm. I mean just a reprehensible waste of human flesh as far as any kind of humanity goes. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, this was a powerful, brutal, visceral tour de force performance on his part. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting couple of little side notes. Later in the film, we see him in like a small, intimate little jazz club. He's playing with like a an upright bass and um, set of drums and he's on keyboard and that's actually him playing. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have some musical training in his background when he was young mm-hmm. and um, I think that I remember reading that he kind of went back and sort of tried to polish his bones up a little bit in order to prepare for this film. He also did a little bit of study um, as far as jazz conducting is concerned because mm-hmm. he he clearly immersed himself in in every piece of music that is featured in this film and on the soundtrack because his his hand gestures are pretty flawless mm-hmm. um and i know that's a pet peeve of yours it is a pet peeve of mine and he his his he's credible well he graduated with a degree a bachelor's bachelor of arts in music there you go so good on him mm-hmm. um yeah there is a character in the film by the name of sean casey who we never see yes very merely told about him he is um he is very much the same character as alex in the big chill we never see him mm-hmm but if you've seen The Big Chill, um, you know that Alex's fate was a sad one. Mm-hmm. Well, when when Fletcher is telling his band um, about Sean Casey, he says that Sean Casey died yesterday in a, in a car crash. Um, this is actually not what happened to Sean Casey. Mm-hmm. Sean Casey freaking lost his mind and hanged himself as a result of being one of Fletcher's um, musicians, punching dummies, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's just there's there's so much to um, to unwrap and unravel and kind of unpack in this film. Um, it, it's it's hard to kind of know where to start. You did not want to watch this with me again because. All I knew of it was the yelling in the guy's face, and I just the trailer made me tense. It's stressful. So, oftentimes, I will prefer not to watch a movie that is that tense. Yeah. Now, there are exceptions to that, 
for instance, the um, uh, Invisible Man, the one that came out a couple years ago with, oh, with Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Moss. We're always there for her. Fantastic movie, tense from the opening credits all the way to the end. Saving Private Ryan. It starts, eh. the first half hour of that movie had my stomach in knots. Well, I, I don't consider that, I, when I talk about... Are you meaning psychological tension? Yes. Okay, gotcha. And that sort of one-on-one, this person has power over this person and they're using it. Yeah. That's what I'm talking okay. about. Okay, that kind of abusive dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. So even even though uh, there's not as much of the yelling in the face, like I said, as, as I was afraid there would be. Because I was afraid he was offering him private lessons and just pounding him for like a half hour at a time. Relentlessly, and, no stop. But even the, the two minutes at a time that we see is pretty relentless. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, it, and Andrew buys into it so much mm, that yeah. uh, he has only just started a relationship with... Uh, the concession stand girl at the, at movies, the movie theater, yeah. Nicole, who's played by Melissa Benoist. And they've been on maybe one date yeah, to get it's, pizza. It's very, we don't see them on any more dates than no. that. They may have gone out a little more and where it's supposed to be inferred. I really don't know. But it hasn't been long when he tells her, I am going here's why we shouldn't see each other anymore. I'm invested in being becoming the greatest drummer that I possibly can be, preferably the one of the greatest drummers ever, and I'm going to be doing that all the time at school, at practice, performing in shows. Uh, you'll resent me because I won't be able to give you enough time. Uh, we'll hardly see each other, so we probably should just stop now. Yeah. And she's pretty destroyed by that. I don't know if she's destroyed as much as she is just kind of overwhelmed by his hubris at this point. Because he's like, <laughs> well, I'm going to be the best there is. and You're going to hold me back. You're, you're going to hold me back. And um, I'm going to resent you for that. And you're going to resent me for my relentless de- dedication to my art. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just end it now and break it off clean? And there's a look that just shadows across her face like, are you effing kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, but they they go their separate ways and he go, he, he, it's almost as though his practice drumming is a form of self-flagellation and it becomes very self-abusive. I mean, we see bloodied hands mm-hmm. and, you know, band-aids on top of band-aids on top of band-aids. And, and he's dipping his bloody hands into, into a, a pitcher, of, pitcher ice of ice water. water. Uh, yeah. Um, because it has to be faster, 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 faster. Mm-hmm. Um, to please Fletcher. Right. And to and to live up to his own potential. Because he listens to Buddy Rich CDs. Yeah. Now I'm not a you know, I'm not an a A music uh, historian. No. Uh or somebody who's a huge fan of Buddy Rich mm. because, you know, he was almost dead by the time I started 
being interested in music. Yeah. Um, but I understand Buddy Rich was a jerk to his bandmates. Yeah. Uh, because he was at the top of the bill and everybody else was replaceable. Very much like Fletcher and his band. Yeah. He's in charge. Everybody's replaceable. Yeah. I, and if you can't cut it, I'll find somebody who can. And none of you deserve to be here. Exactly. Uh, just by my grace, are you allowed to be here? Yes. And I'm going to make you suffer yes, for you your are. art. And he explains his um, theory on why he treats people the way he does. And it's plausible. I, I think it's. I think he was telling the truth. But it turned him into such a raving jackass. Well, not only does he explain why he treats people the way he does, he justifies it. Yeah. He is, he's hard on people, like I said earlier, to beat them down so that they try harder. And uh, when Andrew asks him, well, what if, because they're, they're using, uh, what, Charlie Parker or Bird yeah. or Charlie yeah, Parker? Charlie Parker. Um, what if the next Charlie Parker under you quits. What if he becomes discouraged? Yeah. And he said, and Fletcher says, the next Charlie Parker wouldn't quit. He wouldn't become discouraged. He wouldn't let it happen. Right. So, he can justify his actions. Uh, there's a, a lawyer uh, who, who wants Andrew to file a complaint with the school over the way Fletcher has treated him. Did he ever intentionally inflict emotional distress? Oh, my God! Yeah. Well, but we're the only ones who know that. Yeah. That, and the band. And none of them are going to say anything. Yeah. Um, and this is connected to the um, student who... To Sean Casey. Sean Casey. Uh, and, an ex-student who hung himself. And to the incident where he launches himself across the stage and ends up being discharged from school. Right, yeah. And gets thrown out of school. Um, dismissed. Dismissed well, from school. Thrown out of school. Um, so, you know, it's... There's some back and forth, and you wonder... You wonder... Is... Fletcher ever going to get his comeuppance. And he kind of does. In a way. In a way. We don't want to spoil. No, we don't want to spoil. But he kind of does face the music, if you will. <laughs> um, and it's... Um, it is at first very unsatisfying. But then... But then, it becomes very satisfying. I would have liked it to be even more satisfying. Well, I would too. Um, but we, we won't spoil it for you. But it's... Um, if you are familiar with J.K. Simmons only as J. Jonah Jameson, or um, as Emil Skoda... Or from The Closer. Or from as Captain whatever uh, from, the, from The Closer... Um, and he's of course done a million other things. Yeah. Oh, he was—he played the uh, the dad in Juno. Yeah, he was. Um, this you know. is this is another side to J.K. No. Simmons. Yes, yeah. he is very different in this role, 
And he's also very good. If you, Yeah, if you're a fan, you will both love it and hate it. Yes, that is absolutely the truth. What we should do now, yes. take a break, and when we come back, we'll rate Whiplash and talk about what we've watched. And we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We are talking about Whiplash, and um, this movie was extremely popular both with the critics and with audiences. Mm -hmm. On a budget of just $3.3 million, it made $49 million. Decent. It, it did, however, just have a limited release, but that limited release was plenty. And then once it started getting Oscar buzz, they uh, they brought it back out for mm -hmm. more, um, you know, for more showings. Little quick bit of trivia. Miles mm -hmm. um, Teller did a lot of his own drumming mm -hmm. in this film. There was also a drumming double. Mm -hmm. um, but about 40% of the drumming on the film's soundtrack is actually his work. Mm -hmm. So good on you, Miles Teller, for that. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to the rest of that later. Anyway. It has a 94 in Rotten Tomatoes and a 40, uh, an 88 out of 100 on Metacritic. That's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Uh, and it was nominated um, for... Uh, I think three best Oscars. Supporting act, uh, it won for Best Supporting Actor. Mm -hmm. It was on all kinds of top ten lists for the year. Um, it won the top prize at the 2014 Sundance Film Festival. Um, you know, it, it's a very uh, respected and well-liked film. So, you probably know already, but tell me. How many neck braces do you give Whiplash? Eleventy neck braces and all of the drumsticks. I am uh, giving it um, five uh, flung cymbals. So you didn't hate it? No, I didn't okay. hate it at all. Yeah, well, see, I was scared I'm, you were going to hate it because you were like, honestly, I came in last night. I'm uh, like, this is what we're watching. Right. You're sitting in your chair. And you're like, oh, God, I don't want to watch Whiplash. Because... It was, you thought it was going to be way stressful, right. and it was, but... And look, I am constantly, constantly wrong <laughs> about movies that I don't think I'll like. You, you never know. And, well, you never know, but, you know, I, I, I like this movie a lot. It's great. The performances are amazing. The oh my music's gosh. very good. Um, I hate J.K. Simmons as Fletcher. Which is precisely what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, it's 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 a great film. And if you haven't seen it yet, you should. Uh, now we were talking earlier about Miles Teller. Uh, Miles is um, doing a role in a TV series about the making of The Godfather. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and it's going to be on Paramount Plus. Cool. If they ever get it done, this uh, show has had quite a few setbacks. Uh, one of which was originally the role was um, going to be played by um, oh, well, Army Hammer. Okay. And then he had his little issue with. Various texts and and 
talking about eating a person and and was accused of being somewhat abusive in a relationship mm. and yada yada. So uh, he was replaced with Miles Teller. Now on August 29th, shooting was shut down because somebody on the set had COVID. Ugh, and who do you think that might have been? Um, that would have been Miles Teller. Yes, because he refused to take a test and he refused to take the vaccine. And then somebody on the set caught COVID, and it was him. Hashtag this damnable virus. And these morons who won't take the vaccine. Ugh, if gosh. you don't, if you don't approve of my language, calling people who refuse to take the vaccine based on the fact that they think it's going to alter their DNA, or it's going to make them magnetic, or it's going to cause them to to pick up 5G signals, or or whatever. Ridiculous, but my, but my freedom reason um, has been thrown out there. I encourage you to no longer listen to this. But apparently, it wasn't a real bad case, um, so he may be back. Well, but you know, I uh, I have zero zero sympathy for all of that. But anyway, we'll probably watch the show. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of the Godfather movies, so... Yeah. Uh, um, this might be fun, but anyway. But anyway. Uh, the Godfather movies went through a long process in order to be ma uh, made. They were... And worth it. They were troubled, yes. Um, so, there you go. There you go. Uh, that's his next project, assuming they actually get it made. What else have you been watching, pray tell? Um, I watched a doc. It was an old documentary um, about the whole Lewinsky Gate thing. Ah, um, I believe I found it on Hulu, but it was it was it had been an ABC thing. Um, very interesting. Interesting to go back and and revisit some of that very weird very weird time mm -hmm. in American history. Um, yeah. They're going to, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with American Crime Story from the same guy who does American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. Yeah. Uh, they did the O.J. Simpson trial mm -hmm. and then they also did the assassination of Gianni Versace. Yeah. Uh, well, the next one is uh, the Clinton impeachment. Okay. So... Interesting. And he always has a terrific group of players uh, when he makes these things. A lot of them carry over from one series to another. Well, so. you know, I mean, if it, if you find actors you work well with and who work well with each other, mm -hmm. you tend to draw from that well more than once. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else? Um, yeah, but I don't think I wrote any of it down, and I kind of don't remember. So. Okay. Uh, I watched Star Wars Visions on Disney+. Plus. These are non-canonical Star Wars stories done in anime style. Some of them are dark and violent and, uh, and uh, sort of depressing in that dark, violent anime way. And others are lighter and all more fun, like the one where the uh, pop band is being chased by uh, Jabba the Hutt because 
Jabba's cousin or nephew or some relative of his is in the band and doesn't want to be a part of the Hutt family. Where were we? Oh yeah, before we got interrupted by a phone call that was probably trying to sell me aluminum siding or insurance or We're concerned about your car's warranty. Exactly. I guess actually I got that one today. I did too. Um, Oh yeah, Jabba the Hutt's nephew, cousin, whatever is in this pop band and they're trying to travel around but Boba Fett keeps finding them and trying to capture him Uh, and they keep escaping but eventually uh, Jabba catches them and they play one last concert to uh, one last song in order to try to change Jabba's mind Um, and there are lots of other uh, stories again non-canonical they um, don't they don't involve any Skywalkers, at least not the ones I've watched so far. Um, they do off. They do have some peripheral characters like yeah. Boba and Jabba, but um, I've enjoyed the ones I've seen so far, and I'll finish the rest of them sometime. I have to say that I was kind of half listening while you were watching this particular one with mm-hmm. the band. Mm-hmm. Okay, the band sucked. Well, yeah. And um, it reminded me a little bit of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers music. <laughs> so, Well, you have to remember, this happened a long time ago in, in a, a galaxy, galaxy far, 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 far away. away. Yes, so anyway. So their musical tastes are different. For now, whatever so. that's worth to you. What else have have, have you been looking at? Um, I have uh, watched all the current episode th- or uh, season three episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. I think this season may be better than the uh, previous two. So Oy, I know you don't much care for that. I hate that. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows, the series, is FX on Hulu. So you can watch it the day after it airs on FX on Hulu. Um, did we talk about Nine Perfect Strangers last week? Um, I, well, the finale hadn't happened yet because it was dropping on Wednesday. That's right. So we watched the finale of Nine Perfect Strangers. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So good. Um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't an altogether satisfying ending, mm-hmm. but. I, I mean, I would have wanted another episode or two more just to have more of it. Mm-hmm. But you said you should only have as many episodes as it takes to tell the story. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I wanted the story to be a little longer. Well, and I don't blame you because there was so much weirdness set up. Yeah. And granted, there's plenty of weirdness in this show with yeah. all the drugs and visiting dead people and all that. But... um. It it seen it it acts like something monumental and enormous is going to happen to one or more of these people, and it just doesn't. It it's a calm, calm not, chaos. It's a it's a calm ending, not altogether satisfying, but not altogether unsatisfying. It, it uh, well, and if if our interpretation of the ending is correct. Everybody's just sort of in limbo except for one, uh, two characters. Yeah. So, um, I I just would like to know more. Of course, I granted, it's based on a book, and the book may not have any more. So. Uh, yeah, I may need to get the book and um, take and read. Probably so. not a bad idea. Hashtag plans. Um, 
we just watched the seventh episode of Only Murders in the Building. It's getting good, Which y'all. reveals a lot of information mm-hmm. that uh, we've been trying to figure out since the first episode. And it's not what we thought at all. And not at all. Um, but the, the, the thing that is the... Uh, can the the thing that is the focus of the show? Who killed Tim Kono? Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know that yet. yet. It, was it a suicide? Was it a murder? Uh-huh. Uh huh. We found out a bunch of other stuff. We did, but and that was very satisfying because this show, this episode, had no dialogue. Right. It, no audible dialogue. Right. Uh, it was told from the perspective of uh, the uh, Delhi. Uh, magnate uh, Teddy, his son Steve, Theo, Theo, uh, his son, his son Theo, his perspective, he is deaf. So even when we didn't have Theo in a scene, it was still there was still no dialogue. The Scrabble game between Steve Martin and his lady friend yes. is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it, it's th- this was a really r- this this sort of tied up some loose ends wh- while we still have two episodes left. It this this series has been very good. Mm-hmm. I have been enjoying it tremendously. This particular episode with no scripted dialogue, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing when it's done well is beautiful and this was very cleverly and masterfully executed evil did an episode where there was very little yes uh, they were at the they were at the the monk order so and they they had taken a vow of silence so they couldn't there was very little dialogue and if they did speak they had to go off the property to do so and they Mm -hmm. had to whisper Mm -hmm. so um, th- things like this, things like the Mad About You episode that was that aired live and was all one take, mm-hmm. um, things like that are logistically um, challenging. But God, when it works, it is so great. And mm-hmm. that this kind of thing reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I've really and plus Steve Martin and Martin Short, perfect, are flawless. Just Two of the funniest people on the planet. Selena Gomez has been a real interesting surprise. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I just thought, you know, pretty little brunette girl, but she, she actually adds a lot. Yeah. Um, now she kind of plays the same. I mean, she's 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 the hardened New York girl woman who. Um, doesn't have time for the old men's foolishness and their lack of understanding of technology and all of that yeah. stuff. But I, I have enjoyed her uh, Mabel mm-hmm. um, in this uh, in this show, and I just enjoyed the show in general and the little peripheral characters um, who sprinkle in every now and then. Oh, the um, police detective from last week, yeah. and she and her wife are about to have a baby. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, if you uh, haven't watched any of Only Murders in the Building, by all means, uh, catch up on that. And that's also on Hulu. Yes. And finally, we watched 
Monsters Inside the 24 Faces of Billy Milligan. Oh my gosh. A Netflix true crime documentary. It's only four episodes. Uh, we hit it all w- late one night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really messed up story. Yeah. From start to finish. Um, because this uh, Billy Milligan had been accused of raping four women. And then when he was caught, and this was back in the 70s, before DNA, before Mm -hmm. anything else. Um, And then when he was caught, he behaved as if he had multiple personalities. And uh, the Billy, the core personality, had been put to sleep. When the crimes were committed. Well, for since he was 16 years old, is what he said. Yeah. Uh, so these doctors, these plethora of psychologists and psychiatrists, uh, you know, examined him, questioned him, and uh, managed to get him deemed um, unfit for trial. Unfit for trial, and put him in a mental hospital where he's kind of treated as a celebrity. Yeah. Um, here's the thing, and I'll just tell you right up front. I don't believe he had multiple personality disorder. I think he had, he was a sociopath. Um, and he was smart enough to know enough about multiple personalities Mm -hmm. that he was able to fool these doctors because they all wanted it to be multiple personalities so they could write papers and get um, raises or or transfers to other uh, more prestigious hospitals. Get published in medical journals. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And one of the uh, psychiatrists was the uh, woman who treated Sybil. Yes, and and wrote wrote the the book. book, which became the movie, which became, oh my lord, Sally Field is a revelation. Yes. But um, there's some serious doubt as to whether or not he had um, the multiple personalities. Yeah, or dissociative identity disorder. And if he had just gone to trial on the rapes, done his time, he would have been out long before he, um, he was ever... Ever saw the light of day again. Out of all the hospitals with all the drugs and everything. Which wouldn't have been good for society because he probably would have continued to rape. Yeah. And as it is, he may have killed two people. <laughs> I mean, it is such a it's screwball a up story. story. Um, and uh, it's, it's very well told in this documentary. Uh, you get some surprises along the way. Uh, I really haven't spoiled anything uh, much. Really interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, have four hours and you want to invest it in something, uh, Monsters Inside the 24 Faces of Billy Milligan. This would be a good Halloween watch. Not bad. Spooky season is upon us. Spooky season is upon us. Speaking of that, uh, next week, it is my choice. Uh Uh-huh. And my choice is a classic. 
Oh. It is, as we kick off Halloween spooky season, um, it is one of the great practical effects movies of our time. Okay. It came out the same year, I believe, as Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Okay. It was directed by a horror master, John Carpenter. Okay. It is The Thing. Okay. And if you haven't seen The Thing, it is available on Stars. Um, it is, uh, and for rent and all the other places. And I can only describe it as quite the thrill ride. Okay. Watching it in a theater when it was new, because I did, um, was one of the great movie-going experiences of my young life. Okay. So, that'll be... We'll need cookies. (laughs) Uh, Sure. I'll, I'll need cookies. I don't care what you eat. All right. Uh, well, yeah, join us for The Thing and Cookies on the next episode of Comedy Tragedy Marriage. Please subscribe, rate, review at all the podcast places, especially Apple Podcasts. That helps more people find us. Um, if you have a suggestion for something for us to watch, you can email that to us. Um, the name of what it is you want us to watch, where we can find it, and why you want us to watch it, send that to comedy tragedy marriage at gmail.com. And you can leave us a voice message. Just click the link in the description of this episode. So next week, spooky season starts with the thing. Which is uh, a remake of the Howard Hawks The Thing from Another Planet. Ooh. Uh, that starred Jim Arness. Oh my as gosh. The thing. Yeah. He was essentially described as a giant walking carrot. Okay. And that uh, theremin noise you just made, mm-hmm. that was probably in used extensively in that movie. Cool. But not in John Carpenter's The Thing. Okay. So, please join us next week as we watch The Thing for the beginning of our spooky season. And love you. Love you. Till next time. Later. Later. Yay!